You're listening to Women in Wealth WordPress, a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of female empowerment and financial freedom through the wonderful world of web design. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, awesome. So I'm Emma Kate. I'm a web design mentor. I'm a graphic designer turned web designer, really. And then I noticed this gap in the market, which I'm sure you did too, where Mm -hmm. (laughs) so many designers don't know how to build websites and we're building websites for them. And so I decided to build courses and teach designers how to build their own websites. And so I have courses and a membership and a summit and a bunch of things around that. So I take on the occasional website project, but pretty much the bulk of my work day and everything revolves around mentoring now. Mm, mentoring and education and coaching. That's awesome. Yeah, that definitely is a big thing. And I think it's definitely a downfall. I think getting these clients and getting this work come to you and people who want to work for you and then sending them elsewhere and going, oh, sending them to a developer to get all the money. And obviously it's usually quite a big chunk of money and sometimes more than you can get as a designer. So it's definitely a very handy skill to Really, yeah. It's one of those things that I noticed pretty early on when I started my like freelance design business. You can get so much for the logo or graphic Mm. design type stuff, but when you build a website for a client, that more than double, depending on how much you charge. Even back then, it was more than double. So I was like, well, this is where I'm going to have the potential to actually earn more Mm. work with clients. And so I really doubled down learning WordPress. Yeah. Yeah. And as well on that, you have this higher income potential, but also the time required for it is, I think it's so much harder to design a PDF booklet than it is to design a website or an annual report. And then when you're talking about double the income for half the work, it's like for me, WordPress was the answer. It's the answer. There's so many things. Totally. Yeah, totally. I'm so grateful to be in this industry. On top of that, also the potential of having recurring revenue too. There's mm. only so much recurring revenue you can get as just the branding or graphic design. Yeah. I know yeah. a lot of designers I talk to that just go in that space they actually kind of like that a job's done and they can say goodbye to the client and it's done and I I get that they don't want the sort of ongoing responsibility Mm. but on top of that on the flip side of that we get this opportunity to do website maintenance or website updates or whatever it is and you just or hosting recurring hosting yeah yeah you just don't have those opportunities as a branding or graphics. Yeah. So as you build your business, it just becomes like you you have less need for new clients and you have that ongoing stuff. And that is what a lot of people look for. I think a lot of people, a lot of clients that come to me, they've worked with a previous developer who has dropped off the face of the earth and they're like, well, I don't have anyone to do any updates to my website. And I get it as well. I do like to work in projects and I do like to kind of round things out. But at the same time, if you have good clients and you have good relationships with your clients, Doing those changes to their website, they are really typically quite easy things and it's a great opportunity to make some money because they just don't know how to do it. Even if you train them, a lot of them just don't have the time for it. And on the hosting side, with my course this week, I've been talking about the women with hosting and one question that came up was, oh, how do you cover the cost of plugins? This is where your hosting comes into it because you'll get your hosting income to the point where it will cover all of your base expenses. And then you'll get it to a point where it's covering your wage. And then you'll get it to a point where eventually you don't need to work on projects anymore. You're just, and that might take a while, but that's my ultimate goal is to 
basically have my hosting and my do my updates and stuff for my clients and that's my wage and what mm. other industry can you do that it's insane really yeah. <laughs> when you think about yeah. it yeah it is okay really. I think when we've locked out <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> So you're a web developer and you use a page builder. This is something I definitely want to talk about a lot today. I do see it come up. I think we're all in the same kind of Facebook groups as well. I see it come up every now and then. Quite often men saying things like, oh, you're not a developer if you use a plugin, a page builder, or I'm in a lot of female oriented web developer groups where that kind of comes up as a fear or hesitation mm -hmm. as to being able to charge your worth or build a really successful web like web development business how do you feel about that what are your what are your thoughts so this it is a hard one and I totally I get both sides of it mm. I think the issue lies in that we don't have another word for it I think at the end of the day we get the outcome for the client that's yep. what matters I actually this morning I had all these because you, you mentioned you wanted to talk about this. So I had all these ideas running around. What do I do? And I was like, I'm going to go to Bard. So I asked Google's new chat GPT, Bard, yeah, yeah. tell me, am I a web developer if I do this? And it had this really good point, which I thought of as well, which was it depends who your target audience is. Mm -hmm. If you're wanting to get a job, if you're advertising to an employer, for instance, if they're mm -hmm. looking for a website developer, it might not mm -hmm. be someone that does page. They're probably after someone who knows how to yeah. code. Yeah. Um, but if you're freelancing like us, have a business like us, and you're dealing with clients, at the end of the day, their outcome, their end result that they want is a website. So if you mm -hmm. can create a website for them, they don't care whether you've coded it from yeah. scratch or whether you've used yeah. a tool to do it. At the end of the day, they probably prefer that you use a tool because it's going to take you a lot less mm. time and cost yeah. a lot less for them. So I think as much as knowing a little bit of code is helpful and I encourage people if they want to learn how to learn a bit of HTML, CSS, JavaScript, mm. PHP, whatever you want to learn, go for it. But I know especially designers in particular just want to go running for the hills when they hear about mm. code and that's totally fine too because yep. you have all these tools now where you can just build amazing websites without touching any code at all so. yeah yeah totally it gives you this new sense of freedom and I think for clients as well it actually can be better for them because they are able and empowered to log in and change a photo or change a line of text if they need to yeah, because no one, wants, well, some people do, but who wants to look at pages and pages of code and look for the wrong semicolon or whatever it is to yeah. make sure it's working correctly? I would much rather look at design and how it looks. And I definitely agree with that. I was also searching earlier what can define developer and there was definitely mixed things. One of the definitions I saw was someone who writes HTML, JavaScript, CSS, blah, blah, blah. But the other thing that I read was a web developer's job is to create websites. Their primary role is to ensure a website is visually appealing, easy to navigate, and many web developers are also responsible for the website's performance and capacity. I thought that was really interesting as well because it's, it really comes down to not just the code that makes the website look a certain way, it's to do with the backends and the plugins and the optimization of photos and connecting it with setting up the DNS settings and the zone records and all of that stuff as well. It's not just writing a code so that a website looks a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's more to it than just using the page builder as well. Totally. And I think that's probably, that's a really good 
idea to think about too, because a lot of people, even clients like that want to DIY could just go mm. grab Divio Elementor and build themselves yep. a website. But yep. we know from experience seeing clients or DIYs do that is that they don't know about optimizing images or SEO. Don't they add a million plugins to the site that yeah. they don't need and like security, there's all these extra things that we do, I guess, as web developers. I don't know if I need mm. to do inverted commas. <laughs> yeah. But there's all those extra things to it rather than just building the front end of the site and making yeah. it look pretty. Yep, agree. The lots of plugins is such a pain point. I had a client this week who she's just got her friend running some Google ads for her and I logged into her website to make some changes and I'm like, mate, you've got three SEO plugins on here and a redirect plugin. What are you, what's going on? And she's like, I don't know. I think Alex just must have done that. And I was like, okay, I'm installing streams so I can spy on what's happening yeah. and I'm deleting all of these extra plugins because you just don't need them. So, and they just don't, I always say you don't know what you don't know. You just have no idea that multiple plugins can cause conflicts and issues and bloat and all of these things. And that's where I think down the track, WordPress can have this reputation for being buggy or having issues. And that's where that comes along because it's people that just don't know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's like any of these DIY tools. I compare WordPress and even just page builders in particular to Canva. And mm. Canva, like I, I'm in love with Canva now, mm -hmm. but it does have that reputation. You can use that tool and you can create amazing designs or you mm -hmm. can have zero design bone in your body and use Canva and it's awful. And it's yeah. the same with page builders and WordPress. You have a lot of power. Yeah. So you can create something amazing or you can also just create a complete disaster and add all this extra stuff to your website that you don't need. Yeah, totally. That's a very good point. Okay. So I guess in talking about that and talking about the end result that the clients get when using a page builder versus using code, do you think that it devalues our work or do you think it would result in us like charging less or do you think it just gives us a more adverse tool set to offer our clients? I honestly feel like it's more valuable to clients mm. when you're building with a page builder because most of my clients in particular, they want to have some level of access to yeah. be able to make changes themselves. It might yep. just be basic changes or it might be a lot depending on the client, but having something that's really easy for them to use can see appeal of Squarespace and Wix yep. and stuff because it's really easy for clients. And that's the same with like Divi and Elementor and these page builders. It makes it really easy for clients to self. So I think it's a huge benefit. Also, mm. another thing too, before these page builders came along, we used to use you know, themes from Theme Forest or you yeah. create something, you do a completely custom, you get a developer to do a completely custom WordPress theme. And that's all great. But when that developer's no longer around yeah. or that theme's no longer supported, and you want to make some changes, you can't. It's really yeah. hard to. And so, so the limited. client's kind of, yeah, it's so limited. And the client's left, oh, we have to rebuild your website. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you use something that is a really popular like theme or page builder, it's going to keep being supported and updated mm -hmm. and everything like that. It means that the client can not have to rebuild their website every yeah. few years. You can just yeah. tweak it and go with it. So I think it's a huge benefit to clients. And I don't know if you've 
had this, but I've had clients like specifically ask for WordPress or Divi. Yeah. Have you had clients come to you and like, I want to have it in Elementor. I want to have it in WordPress. Yeah, not so much the elemental thing, I don't think. I definitely have clients, yeah, WordPress is a big thing. People actually Mm -hmm. definitely come to me for WordPress. And then, yeah, I have had people come and say, oh, do you do Divi? Because that's what their current website's on and I'll refer them on elsewhere because I've definitely gone down more focusing on elemental and that's just what I want to work with. I don't think people know, and this is a marketing thing, I don't think people know specifically about elemental well, I don't think clients know so much about them, but they do know that WordPress is good for SEO and things like that. And then it's really mm-hmm. flexible and that they can do a lot for it. So I definitely find people come to me for that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I guess this is on that similar theme, but how do you think using a page builder affects the skills needed for web development? Have you found, I think as designers, a lot of times we can think oh websites it's too technical it's too difficult I can't do that but do you find using a page builder makes it a lot more accessible for people and is more I guess inviting for beginners oh totally it's more inviting for me (laughs) like yeah (laughs) it's just it's so much more enjoyable to work with when something's really flexible and yeah I think too from a designer's perspective, when you've come from that background of a print designer or something and you're used to Adobe programs or design mm. programs, using a page builder feels kind of similar. I like agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's visual. It's happening in front of your eyes rather than we used to do things in the back end and then you'd go check the front end. and Yeah. Like, and it, see what it, it looks like. Yeah. yeah. It was just like it wasn't that kind of fluid feeling experience just flowed and so I think too then when it's like visual and happy in front of your eyes you can see when something looks bad or looks good or it's really easy to tweak as you go so yeah it's way less intimidating I think it's mostly the WordPress ecosystem that I think is the most intimidating for people is Mm -hmm. that there's WordPress and there's hosting and there's page yeah. and there's themes and there's plugins and there's how does all this yeah. stuff fit together I think that's yeah. the most intimidating thing whereas the page builder yeah makes it it makes it the easiest part yeah yeah <laughs> totally like email migration and yeah oh. how do you migrate a site <laughs> from one platform to another hosting platform and what happens if the DNS settings aren't working or the site goes down or the SSL certificate yeah but I think once you can see how easy it is to build a website and then you have guidance on those other parts it's all just confidence and going through it once you've done it a couple times now if I have a site with a critical error I'm like here we go sit down (laughs) fix it in 10 minutes it's fine we'll get through it but I used to get stressed and this anxious feeling in my tummy but I think knowing how to build a website that other stuff comes through practice and you just get more used to it I think yeah yeah oh definitely because when you like some of those big errors, I have students come to me freaking out because some, I don't know, mm. there's some errors happen and I'll just do this, boom, fix, yeah, yeah. or just clear your cache. There might yeah. just be silly things like that. A small thing, and yeah. Yeah, and it's not a silly thing. It's just something that you don't, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. And so it does come with practice, but I do want to encourage people that all this talk of SSL and migrations mm. and critical errors and all that, it's great. The thing is, if you don't want to know how to do all that stuff, you can also be a web developer and yeah. not have to deal with it. You, yeah. As long as you think it's just about having an understanding of where all the puzzle pieces fit 
then you mm-hmm. know, okay, I've got this issue. I can go to this person to help me. Yeah. Or I contact yeah. the hosting company or I contact the domain company or whatever it is, as long as you yeah. know. You need to somewhere. <laughs> yeah. It's more about knowing who to go to for help in those yep. situations. There's certain things, like you mentioned email migrations. I just, I don't mm. even touch them. I just, mm-hmm. it's not my jam, but I have yep, someone who does enough. them and I, yep. and so I just give them to him. And yeah. I've done it once. I failed for myself. And so I was like, no, yeah. never again. Um, Fair enough. So I think. Much to choose it, your bliss and your yes, business. There's no point. It's great if you know all the things and if you want to know all the things, all power mm-hmm. to you. But I don't, I hate that it makes people go, oh, too hard and don't even want to yeah. go there. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Just even just having an understanding and that kind of network of professionals to throw to if you need to. Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay. So I think we just started to touch on this a little bit with, like you said, and I totally agree. I've said, Building an Elementor to me feels like just building an illustrator. Like anything I can dream up, I can put it on a page. And I really love that about that. So like, how do you, do you agree with that? Do you think it can give the same like customization levels and flexibility as coding? Or yeah, as, as if you do a wireframe or something like that in Figma or XD, can you kind of achieve the same thing on a website using a page builder? I think if you're not going to touch any code or any CSS or anything like that, then with a page builder, as they stand now, and they're always improving, obviously, mm. I feel like you can you can get at least 90% of whatever you can yeah. imagine. You can do some incredible things with like the main page builders, like Divi and we're yeah. talking Divi, Elementor, yeah. Oxygen, Breakdance. There's some big boys out there and they're all great. If you're using something like WP Bakery, probably not. Yeah. So there's page and there's page builders yeah I agree um, with that so I think you can yeah I think you can create pretty much like 90% or more of what you're trying to do and I'm talking like full-on fancy websites mm. and then just by knowing a little bit of CSS or using a plugin like CSS Hero which my mm. Haley used for years and it literally taught her CSS because yeah. You can add extra CSS bits wherever you wanted to to achieve certain things that your page builder can't. And at the same time, yep. she's going, oh, that's how they made that work. That's yeah, you just get to know it. the words. Yeah. Yeah. So I think a little bit of CSS, like if you're going to learn any code, that I think is the biggest one to. Yeah, agree. That would be helpful with a page builder. Mm. Yeah, I've actually never heard of that plugin. I use Hoverify and I just go to the front end and you can just click to launch it in CodePen and then you can sit there and you can play with the code and test and change till you get it right. And it shows you that element below so you can see anything that you change, how it shows up, and then you can just go back and copy and paste it into the selector. That is Yeah, I love that as well. It's so if good. You, <laughs> if this was on video, if you'd be seeing my face and my jaw just dropping right now. Yeah. I uh, have Hoverify <laughs> and I didn't okay. know you could do that. So Yeah, I'll, I'll have to make you a little yeah. loom of what I do. Oh, please um, do. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Both learned something today. I'm going to send Pira too. <laughs> Love that. Okay. I guess as well then, how does how do you find using a page builder influences performance or load speed of a website? This is definitely something that comes up as a drawback or a negative to using mm. a page builder. But do you find that? And if you do, what else do you do to mitigate, reduce that effect? 
Yeah, I'm actually really glad you mentioned this question because it is something that comes up a lot. And it's, I equate it to say, if you're trying to run Photoshop or Illustrator or a big program like that, and you've got a really shitty 10-year-old PC, like Mm -hmm. it's just going to be clunky and slow and hard to use. Things might not render properly, those kind of things. So if you're using a page builder, they're really powerful tools. So you need to have solid hosting in order to be able to run that awesome tool. The one issue that I found was I'd built a website on my hosting and then I'd migrated it to the client's hosting and they were with Bluehost or something yeah. like that, but some other kind of host and I moved it over and then things just weren't working. Yeah. And I'm just like, well, you approved it on my staging site. It's working yep. fine. And then realized, you know, there's, I don't know, the different quotas and bandwidth and resources mm, that Bluehost Memory had. limits and yeah. Yeah. And so it just was all these issues. And so I have actually built it into my process now that you either use one of my recommended hosting providers yep. or... The website is like complete and done. The project is done when it's approved on my server and then I'll yeah. in touch with someone to migrate it to yours and then you can deal Don't with it. Don't touch it, it after that. Yeah. yeah. And it's specifically because of that job because it it's just not worth it. So I think mm. the performance, like so many things that go into performance, obviously with the caching and optimizing images yep. and stuff like that. But biggest thing I feel is the hosting. And if, yep. if you're going to skimp on hosting, then probably not going to, you know, your page is you. not going to load yeah. very well. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to run into heaps of issues. I agree with that. And the further I've gone along and like you say, you kind of have to have those projects to learn things and tweak your process. And I have a similar thing at the start. I say, these are your hosting options. And before they sign the contract and pay the invoice, they go, I will choose one of your hosting options, or I will go with your recommended host. And even the mm-hmm. domain registrar, I say, if your domain's registered with someone else, I'm going to charge you $200 more because you get to know the ones that you use and some of them you log in there and they go, oh, you've only got three zone records to add or three mm-hmm. records and then you have to pay more and then you have to get on chat and you have to upgrade their account and you have to get their card. And I've run into that at Go Live so many times where I'm halfway through a Go Live and I can't add another record or, or text record or to configure the SMTP and I'm like this is going to take me so much longer than it needs to. I think when you go through that and you nail out those processes you probably won't run into that again. Everyone from the start will just go yes I'll choose your host as well and then that's a really great opportunity to use an affiliate link if you have. <laughs> I'm always like guys use affiliate links. <laughs> oh totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> half a day, uh, you just sign up for every affiliate program you yes. can you're done. Yeah. Totally. And then you just get those like, again, drips and drabs of money. In what other industry do you get that? I love that Mm. for us. Okay, cool. And how do you see the future of web development? There's been so much talk about this, I think, with, yeah, BARD. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How do you think we're going to go from here? What do you see with page builders? Do you think they're becoming more of the norm or, yeah, just a supplementary tool? I'm really excited about the future of it. I think it's going to be a case of more people will feel they can do it themselves. Just like I probably wouldn't have felt like I could build websites myself from scratch 10 years ago, like before Divi and page builders and stuff came along. I used to have a web developer who helped me out a lot. As these tools get better and better, there's going to be people with less and less sort of skill or experience that are going to be able Mm. to use them. 
But I do feel the benefit mostly of us being designers. That's something that I feel that templates are great, but you can still butcher a template. Yeah. And so having the design eye is not going to replace us anytime soon, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I do feel that the AI that they're bringing into page builders, I think Elemental's already released their AI feature, haven't mm. they? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so there's like heaps of stuff out there and I'm like, I've even seen, I haven't been able to replicate it myself, but what is it, the mid-journey? You can like uh, yeah. do a prompt and actually get it to come up with a web design for you. Yeah. And I saw a blog post on it and what he came up with was great and then I punched stuff in and it looked awful, so I don't know what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> I've got to figure that out. But I think I can see this really making our life so Changing much easier. Changing the game. Imagine yeah. being yep. able to just do that and like tweak things that way rather than you having to physically place every element in the yeah. or whatever you're using and then... Imagine being able to just load that image and then telling whatever AI to spit out the code for you to import it into Element. Yeah, yeah. I don't feel like too far off that happening and I'm so excited that it's going to be pretty Totally. And it is that thing of how can it make your job easier? I've been using ChatGPT so much to generate meta descriptions and placeholder copy of a client has given me something that's not so great or they've missed something and I'm just always on ChatGPT. So. Mm -hmm. We really have to embrace these things or, yeah, we, I think we will get left behind if we're not using them to our advantage. Yeah. I also, sorry, <laughs> I'm such an interrupter. <laughs> okay. So I also have a few questions that I ask every guest on the podcast. I just want to run through those. So how do you feel being a woman has influenced your business journey? I think initially when I first started out, I don't know whether it was because I was a woman or because I was quite young, like I was early 20s or maybe both, but mm-hmm. it did feel like I was told a lot of things of what you need to do in business. This is mm. how you run a business. You need to work nine to five. You can't take mm. a day off. You need to answer phone calls. You need to get back to emails right away. Like you need to do all these things. And I do feel like it took a few years for me to realize I didn't have to do that. And yeah. it's actually older yep. women mentors that sort of showed me that actually, no, you don't have to do that. Yeah. So I do think that really impacted me to begin with. And so now I'm a huge advocate of you build your business, how you want to run your business. And I think in this sort of demographic that we're in now as well, with so many women working from home, raising kids, like all that, yep. everyone understands. You're not going to be answering your phone all the time. Yeah. You're going to be working random hours. You might send an email at 10 o'clock at night, but not respond for the whole next day. That's just, yep. you've got other priorities. And so I think, I think that's really, I love that I've seen that change in how people mm-hmm. sort of use it as now. Yeah. But that, that impacted me to, at the beginning, but now I, I love being a woman in business. I think yeah. you just it really takes time to unlearn lifestyle. those things. Yeah. Cool. And what's one thing you've done to influence your money story? I think one of the biggest things that I've done that's been so helpful is surrounding myself with people like mentors or people that are killing it and mm. having those role models to look up to. I think, yep. you know, a lot like huge chunk of the, when I started my business, because I was very young and I had Got no overheads, no family, like nothing. Yeah. So it was like no mortgage. So I didn't have to earn much. I think I had to earn 
I think it was like $280 a week and bills were paid yeah, like wow. when I started. So it's very, very easy. So yeah. I kind of had this mindset that it was more about my lifestyle and not about earning money. And I didn't really think that I would earn. I just don't think I thought like that I had the potential to earn enough mm. or I didn't even, it didn't really cross my mind. The I possibilities, kind of probably, yeah. yeah. I probably thought I'll just meet a man and like he'll earn the money and I'll have babies. Yeah. Like, and it, the way it's changed, I did meet a man, but I'm actually the breadwinner. And yeah. it, it's, it has definitely changed. And so much of that comes down to having these mentors like Anna and even like following you and seeing how you're killing it and oh, having you. these other people, even my friend Haley, who I do WP Mavens with, she just started her business and was just boom, charging more than me. Mm. And I was like, hold on a sec, I've done this for five years and now you're charging yeah. more than me. But she came from a background of being in finance. So she was like, I'm worth more. Yeah. And I came from a background of being employed as an in-house graphic designer for 37000 a year and thinking that's all I yeah. was worth. Yeah. Yeah. I think surrounding yourself with people, like you become the average of the people you hang out with the most mm-hmm. or whatever that saying is. So yeah. having mentors or people that you follow that are doing what you want to do and that you can look up to, I think yeah. is the best thing you can do to change your mindset around money and what you can achieve. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I love following people who are smashing it as well. And I always think sometimes you want to almost follow people as well that almost trigger you a little bit and that make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because that helps you really break down what your limiting beliefs are and yeah, things that you believe about your life or you find out where your values are and where you would spend your wealth if you had it or where you want to spend your time. I think it it comes back to that thing of you can't be what you can't see. And it's one thing that I actually, every time I do it, every time I say, you know, how much I made or whatever it is, every time I really show up in that way, I get so much vulnerability and I'm always really hesitant to share. But the people that I've seen succeed, I've loved seeing those stories from them that can give me something to aspire to as well. I think that's part of my responsibility. Yeah. And having built a successful business and now having my courses to show up and be transparent about those successes as well. It is uncomfortable as it is. (laughs) (laughs) And this comes back to you with your Web Mavens group. I think this is such a really important thing to be surrounded by community and have people around you who are encouraging you and lifting you up and helping you break down your issues and talk through them and all that kind of stuff. I think that's so key. Yeah, definitely. And just having people that are going through the same things as you Mm -hmm. know, the pain points, know the fears, but also seeing people that are just, they're just as talented as you, but maybe they're charging twice as much. Yeah. You're like, whoa, why why can't I do that? And then there are so many there's so many examples of that I see and it comes down to, like you said, it's all about mindset and knowing what your worth is or what you think your worth is and that's what you're charging is what you think your worth is. Yep. Yeah, and I think another thing that sort of comes up too is that people go, oh, but I live in Australia or I live in a country town or I live here and people don't want to charge, spend that much on a website. And I think the biggest benefit of being a web designer and being online is that you don't have to just work with people in your little country town. You can work mm-hmm. with people all around the world. And so it's not about what 
those people are going to charge pay yeah. for a website. It really comes down to how much you want to charge and feel like yep. you can charge. Yep, totally. And who you're targeting as well. That's been a big thing for me. Like I've resisted niching so hard for stuff. <laughs> I've found myself in my own little niche and I'm you know what, actually if I do this, it will mean the last kind of five projects I've done have been allied health professionals, like physios, massage therapists, all professionals, like medium-sized kind of professional businesses, accountants. Yeah, I think I need to kind of niche into, yeah, medium-sized professional businesses who have been in business three to four years and they're really established and up-leveled. And I think that when you get to that stage, you can just charge such a premium they approve everything straight away. It's, yeah, it's a really nice place to get to. I'm leaning into that. <laughs> yeah, oh, you Which should be interesting. That's how, how Haley was able to charge so much from the get-go because she was like, this is my niche. I want people that have already had a website. They've grown out yeah. of their website. They're onto the second iteration. So they're, they're in that growth stage of this medium-sized business. And, mm. and th- those people, they trust you more, as you would find. Yeah. They value you more. They understand the value of like what you're bringing mm-hmm. to the table. And so they don't question your prices as much compared to someone if they're just starting their business. They're just like, oh, can yeah. you build me a website for a thousand bucks? It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. They just don't understand the real value on what goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't question your decisions as much. Mm. Yeah. It's the whole thing's been a lot easier the last few projects I've done. So I'm like, okay, I need to do it. (laughs) All right. And I would love to hear from you as well what your number one WordPress or website tip is. Oh, there's so many. (laughs) I know. I guess number one, we've spoken about it a lot today, but it would be like if this is for designers or people that don't know how to code, then use a page builder. Use a good one. There are, like I said, there's some subpar ones out there, but if you're using one of the big boys that are constantly innovating, then you're not going to go wrong and it's going to make your life so much easier. And especially if you're building websites for clients, then they're going to love you too, because it's going to make their life so much easier as well. Mm, Thank you. Yeah, this is definitely a big thing in terms of, I always say, I don't mind paying for software because it enables them to upgrade, to make changes. Yeah, and I think that's really key when you're looking at the top page builders that they are making changes all the time and there's always fun new things to play with and test and new widgets and new features. Elementor's just released this loop builder so you can build really cool blogs and things like that. I think that's one thing is don't be afraid to invest in software that's going to make your job easier. That's a really, really key piece for us. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about where we can find you, how users or how listeners can interact with you a little bit more or get to know you online? Yeah. So I have my website, emmakate.co. I also have, we mentioned about my membership, WP Mavens, which I run with my friend Hayley Brown. So that's at wpmavens.co. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. If you love what I do here, let's connect. I tend to hang out on Instagram and you can find me at Seedling Digital and at Woman Wealth WordPress. You can head to womanwealthwordpress.com forward slash freebie to download my free Embrace Your Dream Life workbook. 
This guide is over 10 pages of actionable information and worksheets designed to help you build a profitable and fulfilling business in three steps. Get clear on your why, improve your money mindset, and hone in on your messaging. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a rating and a review. It truly means the world to me and I read every message and kind word. Till next time, aim big. Aim big.